Hello, I'm your host today and I'm Christopher. And I just wanted to come to you and talk about the armor of God. The last couple of weeks I've been talking about the fruit of the spirit. I've been talking about the gifts of the spirit. But today I'm going to be talking about the armor of God. And it's coming from Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. And it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having all, and having done all to stand, therefore stand. The armor is about having the right balance. Only word won't get it. Only faith won't get it. Only the belt won't get it. But in order to be sustained in the gospel, you need it all. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword or the spirit. You must be able to counteract the attack and remain mobile enough to be effective in the call. We don't fight what is natural carnal or even visible we fight against unruly wickedness that is only handled by god we are not to think that we should handle the devil jude 1 and 9 says yet the archangel in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of moses dared not to bring against him a reviling accusation but said the lord rebuke you we have to know that the lord's grace is sufficient for us and nothing is done to us that god has not allowed Think about it. If you never went through anything, how would you know how to process what others go through? And how would you be able to help people? Jesus suffered on the way to the cross, but he also learned obedience through the things that he suffered. In fact, the Bible says suffering that are but for a moment works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Check this out. Jesus reached thousands upon thousands in his life, but after suffering the cross, he's reached millions to billions. It's the sufferings that worked for him, an exceeding and more eternal weight of glory. I'm not saying we have to die to reach people. Jesus died, but our suffering prepared us for the people we will reach. We have to trust in the armor of God. We have to know that we can't do it on our own by ourselves. The armor is a protectant against all that we go through in our walk with Christ. The helmet of salvation is the peace that conceals your renewed mind. First of all, what is salvation? Salvation is what Jesus died for. So in actuality, if you believe in your heart and your mind conceives that Jesus died for you and you speak it or confess that Jesus is Lord, then you are saved, right? Salvation is deliverance from sin. So you get saved and then deliverance begins to take place. But if you never spend time renewing your mind, the helmet has nothing to cover because you will remain in the same mindset and you never open up to change. Renew your mind by reading the word, putting something else in it that gives light to the understanding of the reader. I know it's not popular, but if you don't read what is going to keep you meantime in between time of going to church services, you have to be engaged in truth or else the things that your mind are full of have time to surface before they can be extinguished all the time you spent putting bad things into your mind it's going to take time to get those things out but once you get them out the helmet will protect what's in it i'm not saying everyone should know a bunch of scripture but i am saying that if you put something in your mind the holy ghost has something to bring back to your remembrance
The mind is the center of control. Wherever your head goes, the rest of you will follow. That's why Isaiah 26, 3 says, God will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because you trust in him. Trust is the willful act of the mind, and the mind leads you in where you go and what you do. Trust leads your feet, and you will follow what you believe. You will serve and uplift what you follow. Belief is a conscious act of the mind. If the mind is not guarded, what you believe and who you trust will waver, making you double-minded. And a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and you should not think that you will receive anything from the Lord. The breastplate covers the heart, the place that the issues of life flow from. That's why we are to keep it with all diligence. For whatsoever a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It also covers the lungs, the place God breathes into you, life. And it's also the place from where your thoughts become worse. The breastplate covers the organs that are vital for life. It covers the core of the man where the spirit lives and dwells. Think about it. When you exercise, they tell you that you have to strengthen your core for balance. As it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit. You have to be strengthened in the core of your spirit in order to be balanced in ministry or even in your daily walk with Christ. We have to be balanced with just the right amount of armor on. Too much will weigh you down. If you don't have enough on, you won't be protected as you should be. You know, when David went to fight Goliath, Saul gave David all his armor. But it was too much for David and it weighed him down. And David said, I have not tested it. And he took it off and gave it back to Saul and took what he had used time and time again. Like when he fought the lion and the bear, he took God to the battle. He said, how dare you defy the army of the living God? His shield preceded him. He had faith and his sword came before he threw the rock. When he said, you come to me with a sword, a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. God is just the right armor. He is just the right amount of armor to get the job done. From God comes righteousness. It had nothing to do with David's exterior, but what? he had on the inside was perfectly proportioned. We do not walk around with exterior armor on, but we walk with an inner armor. Righteousness is the ways of a man, not the words of a man. Righteousness is not just a thought, but when you put on righteousness, you evidently change. People notice it. It shows, but when it shows, they try to take advantage of you, but righteousness doesn't mistreat others as they do you. Righteousness prays for those who despitefully use you. When Jesus was on the cross, he prayed for them. He said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Even Stephen, as he was being stoned, cried with a loud voice saying, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Only righteousness can do that. Have you ever seen somebody be degraded to the point you would say, if that was me, I would do something. But when you are spirited with fruit and gifted with armor, you do it as you are doing it for the Lord. Armor does not suggest that your flesh won't get cut, scraped, bruised, or banged up a bit, but it does suggest that the spirit of the man will not feel what the flesh is going through. Armor has everything to do with your walk, because if you don't have it, you will be hurt by what is said. You will be crushed by how people will alienate you and not conversate with you until they need you to do something for them. You won't be in 
in the clique. You won't be their favorite anything. You will be the last resort, but righteousness must remain on your lips. Before David was king, he was a shepherd, a warrior, an armor bearer, a musician, and he was anointed. He was not scared of Saul, but he wasn't going to speak against or touch God's anointed. I said that to say this. On your way to king status, you are going to have to cover somebody, lead somebody, fight for somebody, and minister to somebody. You don't become a leader without knowing how to follow. A shepherd is a watchman that watches over the flock he has been entrusted with. An armor bearer is a warrior, warring off evil spirits. So by the time he became king, he had already had experience in following, leading, warring, while being sensitive enough to know what the spirit of the man needed. David knew what Saul needed, and God had already prepared David to give Saul what he needed. God is not just taking you through the motions. He's preparing you to rule in the capacity that he is giving you. And capacity is how much you can contain without breaking. He will not put more on you than you can bear. So throughout all you go through, your capacity is being enlarged to carry out God's purpose. But it's up to you if you yield to the process. God is not interested in making average or mediocre saints. He's more interested in creating disciples. The disciples won people over to Christ. These signs and wonders and miracles was walked by them while having the armor to remain in the midst of whatever they went through. Rather, if they were being beaten, imprisoned, or even killed for what they believed. They changed the lives of many and still give hope to the masses today as we read about what they did through Christ. The breastplate is about being spiritually strong and sound in your delivery of the word of truth to penetrate the darkened areas in life through spirit and word to bring about a change. The word is the sword that delivers the severing blow that separates you from sin and iniquity. Without the sword, how can you war? How can you survive in a land where carnal thinking and actions tell you what you should do or how you should act? The sword is the truth that cuts through the lies and deception. If you do not study the sword with all its words, all its actions, all its deeds and examples, there will be no double edge to cut with going in or coming out. The sword discerns the intents of the heart, brings conviction and truth. It shines light in the darkened alleys of your life and lifts you out of the valleys that you have stumbled into or become subject to. Time will happen to us all. It's just a matter of when time will happen. But while time is happening, we must stand with the shield of faith. What is the shield of faith? It's what precedes us. It goes before us. Rather, we are in battle, under attack, or we are believing God to do something new. It is our first line of defense. If we properly use the armor given to us by faith, we keep the attacker at bay. I'm not saying we won't get hit, but I'm saying our shield should get hit first before any of the rest of the armor gets hit. The rest of your armor is our last line of defense. You see, Jesus prayed that our faith fails not. So he is going to uphold his end of the bargain, but it's up to us to walk in faith. The faith that says what I read is true, that no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. The shield says I am more than a conqueror. When we use faith to quench 
all the fiery darts of the wicked one that are sent against us to stop us and deter us from accomplishing what God has sent us in the earth to do. We are people of statue, integrity, hope, truth, light, zeal, and of promise. So if there is anything that can be done to stop us, trust and believe that he's going to try it. Faith says, I hope for what is not touched or seen. Faith is an inner belief that does not fade away when trials come, when opposition arises. It is a trust in the living God that we've never physically seen before, but we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he exists. Not only does he exist, he is with us. He said, I will never leave or forsake you. I will be with you always until the ends of the earth. If he said it, then faith believes it and that settles it. Regardless of what is said or what happens, stand with the shield of faith. And even though it is armor, it produces the fruit of patience. It produces patience. We are not fighting a visible battle, so neither do we bear visible armor. We fight against wickedness in high places, so we must be armored with the belt of truth. The belt holds everything together. It is tact when you want to act out of character. The belt of truth restrains you from walking in a lie and it reminds you of who God is. You see, truth reminds you of who you belong to. Truth makes you reevaluate yourself, your ways and your actions. Yes, the sword convicts, but the belt holds you to truth and the truth shall make you free. It's not a leash, but it keeps you in line or in the boundaries or the parameters of walking a righteous walk. All the rest of the armor protects you but the belt keeps you. And when you are kept, you don't give the enemy any room to attack. Now, that doesn't mean that he won't attack. It just means you don't give him access to you. Repentance covers us when we mess up. So we have to repent. We repent because we were convicted. We are convicted by the truth that lives in us. And we must learn not to hold on to offenses. They will come, but woe unto him by whom they come. Armor is spiritual, not carnal. The carnal mind cannot comprehend something that they can't touch. So so we have to be armed and ready for what we will face in our daily walk, which brings me to the shoes. It says, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace or prepare to be peaceable in the gospel. The gospel is a prepared place. That's why we can't be rushed into it. There are so many aspects to the gospel. You have to have the spirit to teach you and to comfort you. He's called the comforter because you can't be who you were and you can't do what you did in the past. I know you would have given somebody a piece of your mind and sometimes people make you want to go off and act a fool. But you can't afford to act out of character. We can't say what we want to say. We can't do what we want to do because once we claim Christ, everything changes. We are looked at as outsiders and everything you say and do is critiqued in the eyes of man. We are at a disadvantage from the outside looking in if you perceive it that way. But in actuality, we have the advantage of all the religions out there. The gospel is the most controversial. All these other religions pray to God's that can't hear, speak, or save. But we pray to the only one that can save, the only one that can forgive, the only one that can heal. In fact, he is the only God. All the rest are idols, and they are imitations and powerless in the face of an all-powerful God that we serve. Preparation 
of the gospel, we have to be prepared for attitude, prepared for questions, prepared to help, prepared to walk in what we claim. There are people and real people looking for real answers. They are looking for a way out. They are looking for you. And how can you give them what they need if you are not prepared with the sword and with truth and your feet shod with the gospel? In other words, how can you feed the spirit of a man without the spirit from God? Preparation is armor. Peace is a fruit. So because you have been prepared by the testing of your faith, you are given the fruit of patience. Peace is the way we walk in. Peace is in willful act of love towards our fellow neighbor. Without it, you will always try to protect yourself or have a comeback when people come at you. We are to let the Lord fight our battles. This is what armor is. It's about being stable enough in what you believe or in your faith to make Peace in opposition. Speak truth when truth demands attention. Remain righteous at all times. Shod with the preparation of the peace of the gospel. That you may be able to stand in the midst of havoc and all unrighteousness. And declare with the sword the truth that will remain forever. Being protected by salvation. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But his word will not return unto him void. It takes fruit to talk the talk. But it takes armor to walk the walk. Giftings are the effectiveness in the walk. And for the question is, which one is better than the other? And I think it's fitting to say that they are in sync with one another. And it takes them all to be effective when you are about your father's business. Job was protected by a hedge that God had placed all around him. But when God asked Satan, have you considered my servant Job? God lift the hedge. And once the hedge was lifted, Job was exposed to time and chance. And in the event of being exposed to the elements you have never been exposed to before, you must have the reliable armor that the spirit provides vice or else you will find yourself in a more worse condition than you were when you started. But if you are able to stand and endure, you will be rewarded with more than you had before. You came to what you went through. God is intentional about getting to you everything you need to fight the good fight. It's up to you to receive what he wants to give you. Y'all have a blessed day.